Music is central to our well-being. If you're listening here, chances are you feel the same. The Classical Post podcast uncovers the creativity that exists behind great music. We believe music is interconnected with other art forms and life experiences. It doesn't exist in a vacuum, but is often influenced by other sources. No matter who you are, cultivating your creativity is fundamental to being better in business and living a more holistic life. Discover more on this podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Eifert. Thanks for joining me today, and I hope you find something valuable in this episode. From dinosaurs dancing to the Rite of Spring in Disney's Fantasia, to a tuxedoed Bugs Bunny performing Liszt's second Hungarian Rhapsody, classic cartoons have long been a delightful entry point for kids of all ages to get to know classical music. That's a tradition composer and jazz pianist Joel Pearson is breathing new life into as artistic director of the Queen's Cartoonists. Working at the crossroads of classical music, jazz, and the golden age of animation, the Queen's Cartoonists perform the scores of classic animated films from around the world, perfectly synchronizing their brilliant jazz band arrangements with the films projected on stage. Winning audiences over with their madcap humor and a musical palette that mixes Rossini and Strauss with Carl Stalling and Raymond Scott, the ensemble has sold out venues from the Blue Note Jazz Club to the Concert House Berlin. For Pearson, the group's mission is simply to show that anyone can discover a love for classical music and jazz, given the right introduction. In this episode, we talk more about Pearson's process for arranging the wide variety of music the Queen's cartoonist performs, and he gives us a sneak peek at the group's latest project, a wildly inventive reimagining of Mozart's Requiem. Plus, he shares how travel fuels his creativity, his favorite basement beer bar in New York City, and why a bidet attachment is truly, in his words, a life changer. My name is Joel Pearson. I'm a composer and pianist and currently the artistic director um, for the Queen's Cartoonists, which is a jazz uh, slash classical ensemble that plays music uh, with animated films. Is there something that you can point to where you derive inspiration to create music, whether that's for you as a composer or to arrange or to perform, you name it? Hmm. I find uh, a lot of inspiration in sort of uh, cataloging life experiences, like timing a project I'm working on with a certain place that I am or a certain, you know, mindset I am over, you know, a period of days or weeks or months. Um, so yeah, I would say that I like to sort of tie those things, um, together. Um, I also find a lot of motivation in, uh, not having a real job. <laughs> so keeping, keeping like focused on projects in order to, you know, perpetuate, uh, my, my career as an independent artist. If there were fields of study outside of the music realm um, that you can point to or that you draw inspiration, um, either what are they or specifically I have in mind art, design, architecture, and fashion, those kind of creative industries. Yeah. Um, you know, this is not one of those, but does, does uh, travel count? I <laughs> like. Uh, it could be. <laughs> I, I, find, I find a lot of inspiration and motivation from going places and meeting people. So I suppose that's maybe sort of culture or, uh, you know, socio sociology or something, but I, I, I would say that that really helps me, um, stay motivated and, and gives me a lot of inspiration. Uh, is there a specific, um, uh, geographic location that you kind of point to? Is it just kind of travel at large? 
I think just uh, experiencing the world however I can, you know, doesn't matter where necessarily. Describe a routine you have in place that helps you live a healthier life. I would say that I am currently accepting answers to this question myself. <laughs> I find myself very wrapped up in projects and I, I do struggle with work-life balance uh, for sure. Um, I would say that doing concerts and being on the road and, and uh, like meeting up with people that I know, friends or you know, relatives while doing, going through the process of composing and performing and touring um, is something that I find really enjoyable and does sort of keep me happy when I'm busy. Um, yeah, that's sort of a highlight in my life and, and, and gives me things to look forward to that's outside of music. If there was something that energizes you specifically, so not just a routine, but um, energy specifically that keeps you motivated, keeps you creating, can you point to something? Well, I have a never ending list of odd ideas, sort of odd, creative, artistic ideas that I, that I want to work on. And that, that definitely keeps me energizing by, you know, thinking how, this new idea or this new thing, how can I sort of cram this into my life or how can I work on this sort of, you know, sort of off center concept that, uh, that I would enjoy working on. <laughs> What is one specific product you highly recommend and really the, uh, the feel is open. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to run with that and it's a little, uh, off color maybe, but I cannot recommend enough, uh, bidet attachments, uh, for toilets. That is, I am a, I should be sponsored by this industry. I talk about it all the time. It is a, a life changer, a, a very cheap thing that pays for itself. That makes one's life much better. What restaurant or bar do you love to eat at when you're in New York City? And then obviously, what do you order there? Okay. Um, well, my favorite bar in New York is the Old Rabbit Club on McDougal. It's a basement sort of hidden little speakeasy beer bar. Uh, they often have a smoked beer from Germany that they import over. And I would say that is one of my absolute favorite places to hang out in New York. Um, I also love anything tiki, tiki themed, although New York is not real uh, known for that stuff. <laughs> but like when I'm like, you know, in LA or San Francisco or something, that's always, always what I turn to. And then for, um, restaurants and things, you know, I just love to wander around Jackson Heights, Queens, and just see whatever's opening up that neighborhood has so, so much unusual food and, and, and very, you know, it's such a place where you have such authentic interactions with, uh, people that are, you know, just coming to America and opening restaurants and, and so I, I love spending time out there. Is there a particular um, food in, in, that you really go to when you're at some of these places or does I, I love, to, you know, I love to just do it, just, to, just to do a night out in Jackson Heights and you just kind of see what happens. Let's take a quick break. 
Did you know Classical Post is a brand built for your pleasure by Gold Sound Media, a New York creative studio developing content for music lovers around the United States. We're always looking for new opportunities to partner with music presenters, artists, and record labels. If you're interested in content to build your community, please get in touch. Head to goldsoundmedia.com. Now, back to the show. Tell us about your upcoming North American tour with the Queen's Cartoonists. It looks like you have a lot of things coming up, so I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah, um, October and November are very uh, wild months for us. We have a, a, a big Midwest tour um, where we're, we're presenting a series of sort of classic American animated films, you know, with characters you'd recognize like Betty Boop and Popeye and Bugs Bunny and stuff. And um, we, we play either the original soundtracks, which I've sort of recomposed for my ensemble, or I write new music uh, for the films, or it's something in the middle. Um, and and there's, uh, there's like some comedy and some sort of musical circus kind of elements, and, but it's all based sort of in classical music and, and, and uh, jazz kind of from the 1930s and 1940s. Um, and in the middle there, we're doing a show with a symphony orchestra in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, we have a, new, a show in New York City at the Sheen Center, and we are recording an album as well in October, uh, which is a sort of reimagining of uh, Mozart's Requiem for Cartoon Ensemble. Can you talk a little bit more about that? That's really fascinating. How, how did you come up with that idea and, and stitch it kind of, you know, to actually be a, a project that's coming to fruition? Yeah, well, you know, Mozart had a sense of humor, we know, from his writings and, and, and his, his music. And um, the Queen's cartoonists really exist in that, that, that point of, of like jazz and classical music and animated films. And a lot of times it's taking classical themes and sort of reworking them for very odd and, and silly situations. And I just thought, you know, well, maybe, maybe we could take Mozart's Requiem and we could turn it upside down basically. And without hopefully insulting the music, we can make it sort of, there's still moments that are serious, but also fun and, and engaging um, to a new audience. And then we are going to be taking the movements and synchronizing them with old, uh, old animated films, you know, think like dancing skeletons, this kind of thing. So still kind of death themed. Um, and then eventually we'll have a, have like a touring show of it where we're going to have a, have someone playing Mozart, uh, on screen who comes on and sort of talks about, you know, like sort of Mozart sort of back from the dead to finish the Requiem since he never really quite finished it. And then we'll play the music and we'll show the films and it'll be a sort of hopefully a very sort of wild theatrical night. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. I mean, are, are you trying to take a kind of morbid but comedic sensibility to things like a Halloween, but like funny Halloween sort of thing, or is it more of like, I don't know, like, this is really interesting. I mean, it's, 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 it's all of that, you know, it's sort of looking at like Mozart's sense of humor as a jumping off place to taking this piece of music. That's sort of a pillar of civilization and uh, hopefully breathing new life into it. And again, we are not trying to, you know, mock the piece or anything, but we, we want to play it our way. 
we want to play it. Uh, it's a jazz concert, but you know, it's classical music and it will have, um, animated films and they'll, they'll, they'll definitely be some jokes and some very silly moments. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's definitely an odd concept, but, uh, we are, we are hundred percent running with it. I love it. No, it's, it's brilliant. So, okay, so you were the brainchild of this, right? Yes. And so the, and you're saying this is the album coming out, but then it's turning into a tour. Is that what it was? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, like right now, like we're, when we tour, we we're mainly doing sort of classic American animated films, um, with an emphasis on the characters. We also have sort of like a holiday, a holiday cartoon show we do. And this will be like another show that we tour with. It'll be, uh, um, Mo uh, Mozart's cartoon Requiem is, is, is the tentative name for it. Right. But th that's the entire show. It's not like this is kind of sprinkled mm -hmm. in with everything else. It really like, this is the show then. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be the Requiem from top to bottom, uh, about an hour long. And then, you know, we'll probably take a, take a break and come back and do some other material. But, but yes, it's definitely ah, okay. like come, come from Mozart's Requiem and hopefully it'll, it'll just, it'll be a wild ride. And, uh, the, uh, album coming out, um, mm -hmm. when does that drop with this Requiem? You know, I, I love that phrase drop for like classical music. I love it. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping January or so, um, uh, we'll, 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 we'll see. It'll kind of depend on, on the animated film side, you know, like us, like, you know, pulling together all the editing and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we're hoping January, February. Yeah. That's so exciting. Do you have, um, is it self-released or is it a label or how does that work? At this point, it's self-released. Uh, we're, we're sort of, we, we want to sort of show the world that we can do this, uh, on our own top to bottom, you know, from the concept to the recording, to the, all the synchronizing with the films, to the stage show. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, I, 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 I love this project. I think it's, a, it's very fun and interesting. Um, it's, it's definitely unusual, you know, and so we've always kind of forged our own path because it's, it can be a little hard to get people on board at the beginning and then they see a show and then they're sold, you know? Right. Right. Um, I want to uh, kind of, uh, back up a little bit and talk about the musical process to put something like this together, because, um, I can imagine, yes, I mean, obviously Mozart's Requiem is such a column of, of classical music. And so when you think about, um, infusing this almost jazz idioms into it, and mm -hmm. I don't know, are you kind of, uh, thinking ab about extracting jazz harmonies in a way or trying to transform some of Mozart's language into more of a jazz language or mm -hmm. what does that process look like? Yeah, it's, it's really sort of looking at the harmony of the original piece, thinking about how it could be sort of, uh, modernized into a jazz jazz language, but then also sometimes really keeping the original harmony and, and, and just and just playing it, you know, I mean, it's the piece is a lot of four part counterpoint. And so I have three horn players and a bassist and they can just play some of that in, in as, as it originally was. And then sometimes, yeah, we're really taking it and, you know, adding extra notes and, you know, changing the forms and doing all this stuff that, you know, my undergrad, uh, music theory teacher would not like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit of everything. And that tends to be the process with this ensemble. I mean, if I, if I'm looking at some animated film and I say, I want to feature this, you know, it's like, well, okay, so what's the music? Can I, can I transcribe it note for note? Do I need to scratch it and write a new score? Can I do something in the middle that, that sort of can honor the original music, but, but 
but sort of move it into a place that that makes more sense for what we're doing. Um, I always say that every every film we show has a different set of problems and a different set of solutions uh, when it comes to the um, composition side. And then uh, speaking from a rhythmic perspective, are you kind of getting into this jazz syncopation sort of thing or uh, kind of redoing, but still in the spirit of Mozart or what does that rhythmically, sure. what does that look like? Sure. I mean, that's, that's a great question. It's, it's, uh, again, it's, it's, it's different all the time. Um, but because so much of the music we play is kind of swing era jazz, 1930s and forties, we try to keep some of that. And then we try to do some more contemporary jazz, uh, sort of idioms as well. And so, you know, with the Mozart thing, I mean, we're, we're still in rehearsals for it. So some things are, some things are crystal clear to me what they're going to sound like. And some things are not yet. Um, I can tell you there is a disco number in there and I don't know where that came from, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I think about like when I used to study Mozart scores and things, I mean, he would, you know, quote random bits of music that were not his, you know, things that were popular in, you know, Vienna in, in, you know, Viennese society or folk songs or he would take things and make them little jokes or whatever so i i i like to think that it's not too far off from from what he would have done and then aligning this with film um are, are there i think you mentioned there's different films you're aligning it to right it's not mm -hmm. just one and they're clips right. then i guess like multiple clips and then you're kind of stitching it together yeah i mean for the for the show uh, we are creating this sort of narrative of uh mozart kind of you know, he, since he didn't, since one of his students helped finish the last few movements, maybe Mozart wasn't quite satisfied with it, you know, and so he's going to come back, enlist our help to, you know, to, to, to really finish the piece the way he envisioned it. And of course, that's a absurd uh, premise, but, but that's the joke, you know, kind of is, is we're going to help him finish it. But of course, it's far off from a choral piece with a classical orchestra, you know, it's sort of a right, jazz right. piece with these films and you know maybe he he has these visions and he doesn't know how to quite how to you know qu quite quite how to articulate it but really th those like those are the cartoons you know uh and, and of course there's other absurd things that we're planning on doing like you know Mozart's Mozart's reaching us via zoom you know but he doesn't really know how to do it so he's he's like you know changing his backgrounds and he's or whatever you know this kind of very 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 kind of screwball antics that we yeah have. yeah yeah are, are there specific um, film clips that you have in mind, like a specific era or era from like a specific movie? Or is it just kind of you're doing some original things as well? Or what does that look like? Well, we draw heavily from the public domain, as, as you can imagine. Yeah. And there are there are tons of uh, old cartoons in the public domain. So uh, we we always go there first and look for that stuff because we we really want to keep that tradition alive and those those films from the 30s and 40s and 50s that were made that have fallen into the public domain um but we of course we we work with animation companies and with contemporary animators as well um it's it's hard for me to say exactly what the finished uh mozart product will look like with all the films since we're working more on the music side right now but we're we're doing a lot of watching of old films and we have you know some we've picked out already that we love and we, we might do some original animation as well, or maybe just, you know, animate a little Mozart on an old film, you know, walking through a graveyard or, you know, whatever that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's brilliant what you're doing and, and this kind of mission to really 
um, uh, change people's perception of classical and mm-hmm. just kind of put it in this realm of this is entertainment. It's not just, you know, something that's, you know, in some ivory tower, um, sure. I think is, is great. And I'm so glad you're doing that. Do you have any other thoughts on on that kind of mission at large of what you're trying to do with the Queen's cartoonists? Well, I, I always said that we are we are essentially tricking people into liking classical music and jazz music because you know if I if I were to go to some theater and say, well, I'd like to get a gig here at this 500 piece theater as the Joel Pearson Quartet or something, I would I would never have a chance of you know booking that kind of show. But when I say, oh well. It's an, it's an evening of animated films with live music that that's interesting to people. And of course we're playing jazz music and we're playing a lot of classical uh, music as well, but that's not really the hook to get people in. The hook is, this is a, this is a bunch of animated films with a highly synchronized live performance by some, you know, excellent, you know, New York musicians and people really like that. And some, then people will come up to me after the show and say, well, I didn't really know what to expect from the music, but I really enjoyed it. And you know, I normally wouldn't go to a jazz concert or I normally wouldn't go see Mozart or this kind of thing, but you know, you can kind of, you can kind of get people in the door and then, and then hook them once they're there. And that's, that's really a, um, a big part of our mission. And of course that extends to kids too, either an educational concert or trying to get kids to actually come to an evening concert at a nice theater, which is, 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 uh, not, not a normal thing that kids would do, but we really want parents to bring kids and you know, they can come watch cartoons. I mean, come on, what kid doesn't want to do that? You know, I, I think it's brilliant. It, it's a really cool way to to reposition classical music's brand, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, and, sure. and kind of help it uh, have a have a better uh, perception, probably these days. Yeah. Um, I, I am curious. Um, one last question. Um, kind of to wrap up the the interview. Uh, success. Uh, it could be, you know, personal or it is personal for everyone. And you can mm-hmm. talk about it for your own musicianship, but also as it relates to the Queens cartoonists. So um, I'll leave it open. But what does it mean to you? Yeah, I, I think success for me right now is just continuing to be able to do this. I like that people are taking up are, are sort of paying more attention to my ideas, you know, and, and they're they 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 want to be a part of the, the things I'm working on. Um, you know, venues want to hire us. We have a very, very busy uh, season coming up, which is fantastic. And we're booking for next year already. And we're booking outside of the States and Europe and you know, Asia and these places. And we, I, I just, I think that is success to me that people are able to look at my sort of screwball ideas or whatever. And, and, and they, they, they want part of it. You know, they, they want to present it in their communities or they want to come to the concert or they want to engage in, in, um, engage on social media. Um, that's that's really great. Uh, I, I love that. Thanks for listening to the Classical Post podcast. I hope you have found it meaningful and that it gave you new ideas to cultivate your creativity to be better in business and life. So let's stay in touch. Remember to follow this podcast to get notified of new episodes and sign up for our monthly newsletter for album recommendations and editorial on leading artists. Just head to classicalpost.com slash subscribe.